0: In this episode of Mailbox Monday, I will be answering questions from my inbox. For example, is Jairus Walker now the best freshman prospect in college basketball? It's up for debate, but the way he's been playing, he has a strong case. So find out some of the other questions that I'll be answering. Stay tuned. Happy Monday and big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. And in this case, hopefully it's your first listen of the weekend. And today's episode is brought to you, not weekend, I'm already back in the weekend. First episode of the week. But today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked On. That he is prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. It was a very interesting basketball weekend. Some good games in college basketball. You had some rivalry games, and then you had a huge trade. I normally don't do like NBA questions. On my Monday mailbag, usually people don't really ask me a bunch of NBA questions. But one of the questions I was asked yesterday, which I'm sure a lot of people had plenty of opinions on it, is what are my thoughts on the Kyrie trade? Kyrie Irving was traded to the Dallas Mavericks for Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and I think a 2029 20, first-round pick. Also, Mark Keith Morris was, was in the deal. And the question says, I can't wait to see him. Talking about Kyrie ruining Dallas and for Luca to ask out, there's only one basketball. Now this this Kyrie to Dallas trade has definitely opened up a lot of different conversations, and I mean we have the right to agree and disagree. I think that from a basketball standpoint, the fit is going to be totally fine. I think they'll fit together. I think Kyrie can play off Luka and vice versa. If you look at Kyrie, he played with LeBron. He played with Kevin Durant. He did play with Tatum, but Tatum was only like 20 years old. So he's he knows how to play off the ball, right? He's not your typical point guard. And I don't even think he's ball dominant. I think he's a guy that you can run off screens. There's a lot of talk about him being ball-dominant, and I, I get it. You can say, well, he played with KD, he played with LeBron, and wasn't happy in either situation. I do think he was happy in Brooklyn from the basketball aspect, but it was a whole contract thing, and, you know, I, I totally get it if you feel like the Nets had no reason to even, you know, entertain giving him a four-year max deal because of, you know, he, you can say he's he's unreliable in a sense. But from a basketball standpoint, I think him and Luka will be fine. I did a little research last night and um, Luca leads the NBA in isolation possessions and total isolation possessions. But as far as like the percentage of their possessions being in isolation, Spencer Dinwiddie was number two behind James Harden. And Dinwiddie was only shooting 39 percent in isolation possessions. Well, you swap him with Kyrie and Kyrie is shooting 55 percent in isolation I think he is like 12th in isolation possessions. So you, you swap them out, and now Dallas has a dynamic offensive weapon to pair with Luka. Again, if Kyrie's going to play iso ball, and if that's the Mavericks offense, then you got arguably the best isolation player in the league. If he's not the best, he's has to be in the top three. And then you, you, you provide Luka with a shooter. You can't help off of him. Now Dallas does lose some defense with with Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, I imagine in the the buyout market, somebody's going to become available. Not sure they'll be a Dodo type player, but I do think that Dallas is going to be able to add somebody. They're talking about possibly trading Christian Wood. At least that's what I've read, which I like Christian Wood. I hope I hope he stays, but you know they do need some front court depth, and I, I think Christian Wood is, has played fine. But overall, I like the trade. I think it, it makes Dallas a uh, good contender to get back to the to the Western Conference final but here's the thing that that people talk about that kind of baffles me a little bit. you know you hear on one hand Luca doesn't have any help he didn't have any help he, he Dallas needed to upgrade the roster. he can't do everything on his own And then you hear people say, well, Luca needs to give up the ball he, he's on the ball too much. Does he want to share the ball like wh- which is it like if he, doesn't have any help, then he's going to have to dominate the ball. But if he has help, I don't know. Like, I just feel like Brunson, he showed that he can play with another player in Brunson. Jalen Brunson was good. And I know that the Mavericks kind of screwed up the whole Brunson situation, but I think that was more so the first regime because he should have been restricted. They should have made it where he was a restricted free agent. After his rookie contract expired, if he's restricted, then if the Knicks make him an offer, the Mavericks can match. But, you know, that was something that wasn't done. I was not part of Nico Harrison's um, regime. But then, you know, there are some and I've read that Dallas made him an offer last year for like fifty five million or something like that. And he rejected it. But like I said, I think the fit is going to be fine. Luka played fine with Brunson. Kyrie has. Fit well with LeBron and Kevin Durant. Whether he was happy in Cleveland, I personally don't think he was upset with playing with LeBron. I think it was more so, which is kind of weird to say. The um, just not knowing if Brown was going to be there every year because he was always signing short deals, which. You know, it's funny to say it now because Kyrie has done that to all of his team and and, and teammates since leaving Cleveland. But I say it again. I think from a basketball fit, they will they will work out totally fine. All right, let's get into college basketball questions. All right, first question is: Did you see Derek Lively versus North Carolina? He had eight blocks. He's getting better. I didn't actually see the game, but I saw some of the clips. And I heard that he totally dominated the game on the defensive end. Still not enough for me right now to put him in my first round, but I had him at thirty-one, so he was just right outside of it. I think that you know some team is going to take him in the first round. Um, the offensive production is it, it's still it's still low. Um, I, and my question is, what makes Derek Lively's production as a freshman better than UConn's Donovan Clingan. Clingan is playing—I don't know—last I looked, like 14 minutes a game, but he's like nine points, six rebounds, or something like that. He's averaging close to two blocks. I think he's been far more dominant in his in his minutes coming off the bench for UConn. So. And I think Klingon could end up being like a, a Kessler-Walker type player. That's why I have him so high on, on my – I shouldn't say I have him so high, but I have him higher than most. I have him as a high second-round pick. Um, but, you know, Lively has the, the pre-college hype, which I think on one hand is going to help him. So I think he's going to end up being a first-round pick. But as of right now, I do not have him as a first-rounder speaking of people I don't have as a first round, this next question is about Imani Bates. And there's an Imani Bates question every single time I check my inbox. And it is, is Imani Bates a first rounder on your mock after last night's game? No, I still have him as a second round pick. Has nothing to do with his talent. Again, my biggest concern is how does he fit on the NBA roster and NBA system. He is a guy that is needs a lot of freedom. He's gonna take some really, really tough shots. He's a tough shot maker. And I think he's at his best when he's featured. I just wonder how will he play when he's in a role where he's not featured. And as a rookie, how many guys are featured right away? Unless you're a top five-pick. Those are the guys that may get featured right away. But even then, that does isn't necessarily... I mean, you look at Keegan Murray. He's not, you know, being featured as Sacramento's go-to guy. And he's been good. So the question with Imani Bates, to me, is more so of his role. You know, you you look at a guy like Cam Thomas. Cam is just wired to score, wired to go get buckets. He had a 44-point game this weekend. And he has led the Summer League in scoring but it's a fit. You can definitely say Cam needs to play more, and because he's definitely a threat, but on an off-shooting night, what is he bringing? I don't know, other than the fact that he's a threat to get hot and get you a lot of buckets, so maybe Imani can be like a bigger Cam Thomas, where he's a guy that is in your rotation, but when he comes in, you know, he's coming in to fill it up. It's just a matter of opinion there, but I don't have him as a first round pick on on my board right now, but obviously things things can definitely change. All right, when we return, I'll answer a few more questions, but gotta talk to you about prize picks. Prize picks is our sponsor for today. And it is daily fantasy made easy. You may wonder how does it work? You just pick two to six players, and if they would go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people, it is just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you want to watch, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, college basketball for men's and women, boxing, golf, cricket, and more. And the entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. And it is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Pick app. Or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. If you're a first-time user, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePicks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePicks will give you $50. So do not forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for instant deposit match up to $100. All right, the NBA trade deadline is approaching and Locked On has you covered. So on Thursday, which is February 9th, tune in to Locked On on the YouTube, to tune into the Locked On NBA YouTube channel at two o'clock Eastern to hear reaction from the trades that would change the rest of the NBA season, who becomes contenders and who is tanking for a better future. So subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube And do not miss a deal because I think there's going to be some teams that are going to be sellers and they're going to be sellers because they're interested in improving their team with the players in the 2023 NBA draft. All right, let's get to the second segment. And the first question is, what are my thoughts on Ben Shepard from Belmont? So this is a name that, you know, a lot of people haven't been hearing about Ben Shepard is someone I had a chance to watch his film. Somebody actually mentioned him to me early January. Uh, he's shooting well, good from the floor, 42% from three. He has good positional size, broad shoulders. He's a senior. Um, could be, you know, a guy that. I think, has a chance to be a, a roster player in the NBA. Like I said, he has good positional size. He shoots 42% from three, and he's he's a senior, which, you know, we live in this world where if you're a senior and you're a four-year player, you're considered to not have great upside. Um, I, I like him as a straight-line driver. He is also a pretty good pull-up shooter, and he's a hustle player that rebounds, The concerns for him as far as being an NBA fit is he's not like this explosive athlete. He doesn't really finish well at the rim, and I think that's going to be an issue for him at at the NBA level. But I do think that there is a good chance for him to make a roster at some point and see some NBA minutes because he can shoot, he has good size, and he is a ball mover. So he's someone that I expect to see maybe get a two-way I uh, definitely think that he'll play in summer league and maybe even get a training camp invitation. But Ben Shepard is definitely one of the more underrated prospects in this deep class full of wings. I mean, there are so many wings in this class that it's unfortunate that a lot of them are going to go undrafted. But thankfully, there are two way spots to, to help them out. All right. The next question is, is Kobe Brown from Missouri? On your draft board, I think he's a more talented P.J. Tucker. Uh, Kobe Brown is not in my top 60 right now, but that could definitely change. He, I don't think he, he had a rough game this weekend, but he's had some monster performances. And if you look at his stats and his numbers, I mean, he's been efficient across the board. He is basically doing everything that, that you would want out of, you know, your best player on the team. He's efficient. He's doing little things. He's helping the team win. At one point, he was shooting over 40% from three. And I like his game. Uh, About 6'8", 250. So he's more so of a four. Does have some skills to where he can handle the ball a little bit. He's physical. He powers right through players. I think his most underrated skill set is his passing. He finds cutters. And he could be a weapon, has good touch around the rim, shoots well off the catch. Um, Very good finisher around the rim, has a quick second jump. Definitely is someone that could carve out a niche as a role player. Uh, Not a very vertically explosive athlete, not a great athlete by NBA standards. Now, as far as the P.J. Tucker comparison, yeah, I I could definitely see how you can say he's more naturally gifted than P.J., but PJ's a specialist, so that's the thing about being an NBA. You have to have this specific role that you fill. And PJ's role is to knock down corner threes, be one of the most dangerous corner three shooters in the NBA. Whether or not he's shooting them at a high clip, I don't know. I don't I haven't done the research on his numbers, but it's well known that you can't help off the corner if P J is in the corner. So he is a, a floor spacer, but then he accepts a role as being the physical defender that defends you know, the team's best offensive weapon makes it tough for them. Of course, he gets torched because, I mean, you're going to get torched if you're guarding a guy getting 20 to 25 shots a night. But Tucker is just a, a specialist, and I think it's kind of a little bit underappreciated. And there are players that are more talented than P.J. Tucker, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll have the same impact or value Around the league, but Kobe Brown is definitely somebody I can see as a two way guy and also playing in the summer league and having a chance to crack a roster. All right. The next question is, is Damari Monsano on your radar? Of course, he is quietly having a very, very good year. He struggled against Duke earlier in the week, but I think overall his body of work has definitely put him in position to to be on NBA radars, good positional size, 6'6", listed at 225 pounds. He's shooting like seven threes per game. And before the Duke game, he was like at 41%. I know he had a big game this week, and so he should be still above 40%. He can handle a little, but it's more so from a standstill. It's not really like he's handling the ball, getting to his spots in the paint or attacking the rim. But he can create a little bit of space off the dribble to to get to his jumper. Define NBA role as a floor spacer. And he is good at shooting off the catch. He's good at shooting jumpers off the dribble. But it's more so, it's not necessarily like a pull-up. It's more so like he has the ball. He'll kind of dance, create a rhythm. And then once he gets his rhythm, he's able to pull up. Um, the biggest concern is... Maybe not much of a passer, or a ball mover. And then um, can he attack a closeout? So those would be my concerns for him right there. But overall, I, I like him. I like him a lot. All right. The next question is, which lottery prospect is trending in the right direction? And to me, this is its pretty easy for me to answer this one. It's Jared Walker. Walker has played phenomenal his last three games. He has... Created some distance between him and some of the other prospects. I really liked him coming into the season. I really liked his game. And then I kind of soured on him a little bit at the beginning of the season. I saw him play against St. Mary's, which St. Mary's is actually a pretty good team. Um, I saw him play that game. I don't even really remember him scoring, having much of an impact. At the beginning of the season, he was kind of playing this complimentary role and because I liked him in high school and I saw his film, I knew he was capable of a lot more. But I didn't see the scoring outburst that, that he's been having the last few games. I thought he would be more of an impactful passer and ball mover, but he's been scoring the ball. He's quietly shooting 42% from three. That alone could put him as a top five pick. He's shooting 42% from three over his last few games he's averaging 20 points per game and he has definitely put himself in consideration to be a top five pick i have moved him ahead of gg jackson right now and you know i'm very very high on gg jackson but this is like my mental big board that hasn't come out yet based off of this weekend all right when we return i have one more segment to answer questions but let's talk about Bill bar because if you are looking to Eat healthy, but you don't want to compromise taste, then you got to try a built bar because with built bars, healthy is actually tasty and it's so delicious that you won't even think it's good for you because built bars are covered with 100% real chocolate. Yeah, 100% real chocolate and they come in good flavors like choro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. But what's crazy is they're good, they're healthy. And when I say the healthy, I'm talking about there's only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. But what's cool about Built Bar now in 2023 is that you don't have to order them on built.com. Now, you can't go to built.com and order a box, but you can actually go get them at Walmart. They are in the pharmacy section, and you can get a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, cocoa puffs. Or if you're greedy, or you just don't want to go to Walmart all the time, I shouldn't say greedy. That's probably a bad choice of word. But if you don't want to continue to make trips to Walmart, you can go to Sam's Club. Or you can get a 13-bar box that has brownie batter churro. So it's up to you. But you can still go to Built.com if you just want to do with the, I guess the old school 2022 way. And again, that is Built.com. All right, last segment. going to answer about six more questions for you. All right, here is, it's, I guess it's like a combination of a strong opinion and wanting my thoughts, and I guess they want me to agree, but this person says, I can tell you right now that Grady Dick is overrated. Kansas has lost four out of his last six, and he's only had one good game out of those six. I think teams have figured him out. He is eight for 33 from three in that span. What are your thoughts? Now, yes, he is struggling. And it's it's interesting because he had a game against Baylor where people were like hitting me up. And I didn't I can't get to all the questions, but people were hitting me up saying Grady Dick is better than Keontae George. Grady Dick should be a top five, top six pick. Grady Dick, Grady Dick, Grady Dick. Right. Because it was a game against Kansas. It was on ESPN and people were watching, but outside of that, you are correct, four out of his last six games, or I I don't know, five out of the last six games, he has struggled, he is shooting like eight for 33 from deep, my thoughts on that are, I mean, it's it's a shooting slump, I guess you can say the scouting report maybe has something to do with it, but at his positional size, he's still shooting over 42% from three, I think that he does have value. I never thought that he was better than Keontae George, which was the, I I want to say I probably got three or four different messages, basically kind of saying the same thing. Now, if the slump continues, then, you know, maybe that could have an impact. But you know what? It's it's crazy because last year at this time, Ochai Akbaji was shooting a ridiculous Like, I mean, he was shooting a crazy percentage from three and then he kind of tailed off at the end of the season. So maybe we're seeing the same with Grady Dick. But at the end of the day, the Big 12 is the toughest conference in college basketball. And it is very difficult to maintain, I mean, crazy shooting efficiency when you're playing such good competition every night. Next question. What is up with Cam Whitmore? He's super inconsistent and people love him for some reason. Good. Uh, I mean, I guess not a question, but it's fair. I I get why you would feel that way. You got to remember he did get off to a slow start this season, missed significant time with a a thumb injury, and he is young for his class. I think he's going to be one of the younger guys outside of G.G. Jackson. He has been inconsistent. I mean, there are games where he shows flashes where – you understand why there's a lot of people that thought he was going to be the the best freshman in the nation. I want to say he had a big game against Xavier a few weeks back. And then he's had some head-scratching games. For example, St. John's is not good. I know that he's had some pretty poor shooting performances against St. John's. I watched a little bit of the Creighton game this weekend, and he was on the floor. I just did not see anything anything from him. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know what's going on there. He wasn't aggressive at all. And I kind of started watching the game late, but I remember Villanova had like multiple possessions late in the game to tie or to win. And he just did not have the ball. He had no impact. Again, I I didn't do any research to figure out if he was hurt. I think he may have only played. We played less than his normal amount of minutes the game before against Marquette. So I don't know, but it was interesting to see that he was not really involved in in Villanova's offense. All right, here's another question. What is Jalen Wilson missing and why isn't he a first-round lock? Now, when you go off production alone, Jalen Wilson is easily a first-round pick. I thought that he was, before this losing streak, I thought that he was probably going to be second in National Player of the Year voting. He's put up monster games, had a 38-point game in the Big 12. He is a little older, not significantly older, but, you know, everybody loves freshmen. And I, and I think that the thing that he has addressed, which was the biggest concern, was the outside shooting. He's shooting a respectable percentage from three. I think it's like around 34%, 35%, which is respectable. That was kind of the knock on him because I think his freshman year, his shirt freshman year he showed flashes of being a good three-point shooter then the percentage went down last year um I think that the biggest concern for him is like what role does he play I think he can not play a role as a hustler I mean he he's one of those guys that he does so many things well he's kind of like a jack-of-all-trade but I think in the NBA, sometimes they're looking for you to be a specialist or have something, this one particular skill set that you can hang your hat on. I think he can fit as like an energy guy. He's a good passer. He could be like a connective tissue. But it would be very interesting to to see his draft range. I have him high second round right now. But, yeah, based off of production, he's a first-round pick. right, down to my last two questions. And these are two questions about Illinois basketball. And it's not about Terrence Shannon Jr. So the first question is, do you like Coleman Hawkins? I think he's overrated. (sighs) Coleman Hawkins is like a shooter that can't shoot, right? When you look at him, you see the size. You see the shot looks good. And you think like... Immediately to me, I saw stretch four. I think this guy could be a stretch four. That was what I thought. But then over time, you realize that he's not a extremely accurate shooter. He's not someone that is shooting 35 36% from three. He is only shooting 28% this year, 29% last year, 23% as a freshman. And he has yet to average double figures. He is intriguing because he does rebound and he's a, a pretty good passer and shot blocker. If he can get the shot to fall, then I think he could be a first round pick. It's just the shot isn't falling. And I think in order for him to to really find a role in the NBA, he's going to have to be a much more consistent shooter. But even his free throw percentage isn't really good. So it's very interesting. I think he's going to get drafted high because, I mean, he just looks the part. 6'10", 225, does a few things well. But I think his NBA career is going to heavily depend on if he can be, become a better floor spacer. Because he, again, like I said, he looks the part. He definitely looks the part. Um, right now, he is taking like four threes per game, which is 50 a little more than 50 percent of his shots and you look at him for his career he's averaging about four and a half shots per game two of those are threes but he's a 28 percent three-point shooter so he's like a shooter that can't shoot so um but he does have some some skill sets that are intriguing and the last question is can matthew meyer regain some of his draft buzz from two years ago i think it's going to be tough because he's also older uh man, it it's almost like there's two guys that come to mind. If Matthew Meyer and Max Smith came out 2 years ago, I think they would have been drafted. Even though Max kind of struggled at the combine, and I know this is not your question. But I feel like what what Matt, he had such a, a buzz after Baylor won their national championship. Even though like the numbers weren't great, he just showed tremendous upside. He was shooting 39% from the from three, but the free throw percentage wasn't good. But I think that he just showed enough flashes where he was intriguing enough that I think somebody would have took him in a second round. Definitely would have been a two-way guy. Then last year on paper, he, he did good, averaged about 10 points a game, five rebounds, but he only shot 32% from three still only played like 23 minutes per game this year. He's at like 24 minutes. He's shooting 38% from three again, averaging 12 points, but it might be a little late. Obviously, I think he's going to get a good look and opportunity. I mean, he has over like 150 games of college experience. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him on a two-way or, or definitely get a summer league roster spot and have an opportunity to to show what he can do there. But he's like a tease in a sense. And, and I know that's like kind of harsh to say, but he's someone that you just look at. You look at him, how he moves, the athleticism, his size, all the things that he can do, and you just hope that he will be a little bit more productive. But he's... <sighs> He's in a tough situation because I do not know if he'll be able to regain the the draft stock that he had uh, two years ago. Well, that wraps up this mailbox Monday. Um, I really enjoy these. I really enjoy like being able to somewhat interact because I don't, you know, it's it's almost like talk radio in a sense, or, or people can call in. But I'm just reading questions. I actually like it because I like hearing the opinions and thoughts of other people. And sometimes I I like sharing mine to, I guess, dispute or or agree or disagree with what some of the questions are saying. But keep the questions coming. I really enjoy them. And thank you for making this Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. You have to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. So follow Game to Game on the Locked On NBA channel. It is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow. Now you gotta tune in tomorrow because I had this idea a few months back and I wanted to put it on my NBA Draft Junkies channel and I wanted to have video behind it. I had this huge idea called Prospect Pitch where I play the role of an NBA GM, right? My dream job. And I gave different people, people that may have like a big name in draft Twitter and some people that that don't. But I, I wanted to give people an opportunity to sell me. Again, I'm pretending I'm the GM of a team. You're selling me on a prospect. So I'm acting as if I know nothing about the prospect and I'm hearing different opinions on why this player is good I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate I'm trying to put the guys on the spot and ask them really tough questions about the prospect it's fun so I have an episode coming out tomorrow called prospect pitch And um, Erson Demmer is a guy. If you follow NBA Twitter, you know the name. He's one of the hardest working dudes. He's always doing video clips. He actually is working for shot quality now. He answers questions about two prospects that he feels like he is much higher on than the consensus. So I'm trying to grill him and give him some tough questions about the prospects. It's fun. Hopefully it's well received. I want to do it at least once a week. And I'll have different members of the media, draft Twitter, and even just regular Joes who listen to the podcast. If you have a a player that you feel like you're higher on than the consensus, shoot me a message and then I'll see if I can squeeze you in. But I'm looking forward to this and hopefully everybody has a great day. It might be a crazy day with NBA trades, but until next time, I am out.